I'm Grace. I'm Sarah. I'm Shruti. And we are the Book Hoes. In this week's episode, we are going to um, talk about Heartstopper, which is a new Netflix television show that just dropped. Um, it dropped on April 22nd, so recently. Um, and we all watched it, so we're all going to talk about it. It's also based on a popular graphic novel series, which is a book, which is why we're talking about it on this book podcast. But before we start talking about that, we're going to talk about what we've been reading lately. So, Shruti, what have you been reading? So I believe last time we recorded, and it's been a while, um, I was like almost done with Collided by Lauren Asher. I don't think I finished it when we had last talked about uh, books. And um, I've decided I'm never reading a Lauren Asher book again. That was my feelings on this book. Um, it took the Friends with Benefits trope, which I generally love, and it did something weird with it. It like did not execute it correctly. It was trying to be subversive without actually, it was, it was just not hitting at all. So I think it was also the writing I just wasn't feeling. And I love a good dirty talking hero, but I was cringing at this one. So that's when you know, not for me. So I gave this one two stars, was not a fan. And I do not think Lauren Asher is an author for me. Um, oh, I don't think I talked about this one either. Hidden Scenes by Alexandra Torre. I had read the first book in the Unzip series. I read the second one. This one I gave three stars. I really docked like a point from it because basically there is a woman and she's trying to figure out who her biological father is. And she finds out, she figures out because um, he's on the news because he just passed away. Um, and it turns out he was gay. And so his partner is like really worried that she's going to come and uh, like take a maternity test and like try to take over the company that he's been like, want, he inherits. Um not really a spoiler because you get it revealed in like the first like chapter, but he's not gay. He's just been pretending to be gay. And that Ooh, whole, the partner? Yeah, that whole sub, yeah, the partner, the whole subplot that like really was an ick for me. And I was like, I'm re- reading this because I'm interested because I was intrigued, but I was like, eh, I didn't really like how it was handled. I would have liked it better if he was just like bye or something. I don't know. I didn't like how that was handled. Um, but like overall it was, there was like some, it was, it was interesting. It wasn't, it was well-written because she's a good, she's a good author and writer. Um, I just didn't, I don't know. It was an interesting situation and yeah. So that one was a three stars for me. Then I read a novella, Go Deep by uh, Rilsey Adams. And um, this one was fun. This was uh, both uh, both male and both the hero and the heroine were black. Um, it was very short. It was very traditional friends to lovers where like they've been friends forever. Like they grew up together. And then one day they like have to kiss for some reason. And they're suddenly like, oh, and then, you know, they're like suddenly sexually attracted to each other. And then they're like, yes, let's do this. Um, so basically also part of this is that she's an erotica writer. So she's trying to get inspiration. So he's like, oh, I'll give you inspiration. And, you know, naturally things happen naturally. from there, of course. So that was four stars. That was a good, a good, uh, good novella. It was very short. Then I believe I had mentioned a while ago, I started reading um, A Lady by Midnight by Tessa Dare, which was the third book in the Spindle Cove series. We read A Week to be Wicked a couple months ago for our group read. So this is the book that comes after that. Um, I finally finished it. I did give it three stars. I didn't give, uh, rate it too, too highly. I didn't like it as much as the second one. Um, and I think it was because of the hero. The hero is like super, like, I don't mind a grumpy hero, but he was just like too grumpy, too like, he. there was like one too many push away moments. Like you need obviously that tension of I'm going to push you away and whatever, push pull. There was just like one too many for me. Um, and there was, I will say there was one ridiculous sequence where they're like fencing, but like not what they're not fencing. They're trying to kill each other. They're like sword fighting. 
And then he like locks himself into, into the basement and he's like, make sure she gets married before I release me. There's like all kinds of crazy drama in this one. And it was like fun, campy. Like I was enjoying myself, but it was weird. It, it didn't feel um, connected to the rest of the book. Plus um, there is like a reveal about the heroine's backstory in this one that was like, didn't feel, I don't know. It didn't work for that. That one was felt weird, but overall, I mean, it was fine. There's a dog. The dog was really cute. Um, Grace would enjoy that part. And yeah, that was that book. <laughs> there was a really nice scene where he gets uh, uh, bitten by a snake and he, she has to take care of him. And, you know, that always hits. So that was nice. Then I read Beat Me Halfway by Lillian T. James. Um, this was a single mom, uh, neighbors, grumpy sunshine situation. Um, basically, the neighbor gets the bad idea that the heroine is like basically a stripper and is like joking off. And like she makes a joke about how like she wants to marry rich and just like um, and like not have to work. And he overhears them um, and gets the wrong idea about her. But she's really a single mom who has like five different jobs and is like trying to take care of the son. She's also been in an abusive relationship. So there is a mention of that. So like if you, uh, for content warnings, there is domestic abuse mentioned in this one. Um, but it was fine. I give it four stars. It's like a 3.5 around it up. Um, the hero was fun. There were some really good lines. I think the like love confession declaration part was like really, really nicely done. I, I enjoyed that. But it was fine. It was like a pretty good book. I think if I liked this trope more of like the single mom and the grumpy neighbor who like is protective and taking care of him, I probably would have enjoyed this one a little bit more than I did. Then I read Rushing In by Claire Kingsley. And this is the fourth book in her Bailey Brothers series. She says that you're supposed to read them in order, but I was like, I don't really want to. So I just read this one um, and it was fine. I had a perfectly fine time. There is a plot that like I could kind of pick up that obviously I would know more about if I had read the other books. And then like, there's a cliff, not like a cliffhanger, but there's something left loose that you obviously is going to be continued on in the, in the future, but like it didn't hurt my enjoyment. Um, this one is very much, uh, we have a devilish fire, fire uh, charming firefighter. Um, he's the youngest of the brothers and he's like, he does like some daring things and he gets up into, into an injury because he gets hit by a car, by the heroine who is running away from her ex and is also a really shy author um, but like is in like a writing block slump. So they run into each other literally. And then they start hanging out and being friends. Uh, then they become friends with benefits because of course they do. And then of course they become lovers. Um, there's also a situation where she's technically the boss's daughter. So there's that element to it. I really enjoyed this. I gave it four stars. I thought the romance was really well done. Um, it was just very cute. Really liked this one. So it was like, it hit the, it, this was a friends to uh, lover, a friends to friends with benefits to lovers done correctly. So I did enjoy that. I love the good, I always love a good like um, role reversal where the one who's like the commitment foe wants to commit. And then the other one who's like always like been finding a relationship is like, nah, I'm going to take it slow. I love that. And then like with all that, mis the times miscommunication is done well. So I did also like that as well. And then finally, I finished this morning, Kiss Hard by Melanie Singh. Um, this is her first book in our Hard Play series. Basically they take place in, um, Australia, New Zealand, somewhere down there. He is a rug the hero is a rugby player and the heroine is actually an amputee. So she has no use. Um, her legs are cut off because of an accident. And um, so she, but she's a Paralympic uh, runner. And so that's a really big part of it. And like, they talk about that. It's even brought up in like the sex scene. Like, yes, you can still like fuck me up against a wall. It's okay. Just, you know? And so like, it was all very, I thought it was very well done. The romance was really, really sweet. They've known each other. So technically, so her, his brother, his half brother and her sister who are like a lot older than them also half sister are married. So that's how they know each other. Um, but so they kind of grew up together. So they're like a frenemies situation. They call each other, each other's nemesis. 
but then they become real friends after an incident happens. And then they have to fake date because of reasons. And then they fall in love. So I really loved this. It was doing tropes, but not like one trope. It picked a couple different ones and it did like pieces of it, which I liked. Um, and then both the characters are just really well developed and like imperfect, but then became better people. Like this was like one of those romances that like are really done well. I really love this author's writing and she just does like romance in general really well of like, these are two characters who are imperfect, but they love each other anyway and become better people because of it. So yeah, definitely recommend this if you're in that mood. Um, and again, I thought she did a really good job with the um, disabled heroine and I thought that was good. So five stars for this one. Uh, and then I was going to start, I didn't really like, I think I opened to the page and then didn't finish because hockey was on, but um, Alyssa Braden's uh, The Making of a Highlander. So I was trying to get into another historical in there, but we'll see what happens there. And that is for me. So Sarah, what have you been reading? I just want to say real quick, oh, yes. earlier Shruti was like, it's been a long time since we've recorded, but I haven't actually read that much. And usually I went like, if I'm hosting, I don't ask Trudy first what she's read, <laughs> but because she said that, I was like, oh, she probably isn't going to list off that many books. And then she just listed off like the normal amount of books she reads. So <laughs> anyway. exactly, but it's been longer than we've recorded. So technically I didn't read as, I think what happened. <sighs> so this is actually what happened. I did not read for like a week. And then this past weekend I read three books. So I like caught myself up. That's what happened. There you go. <laughs> you yeah. caught up. Um, but Sarah, what have you been reading? Um, so not nearly as much as you or nearly as much as I could have in the time. But the good news is I did finally finish Dance of Thieves by Mary. What's her name? Mary E. Pearson. Um, finally finished that. I have been reading it. I checked Goodreads. I started reading that book on February 28th. I finished it about an hour ago today, uh, Sunday, May 8th. So it took me a long time to read that book. Granted, I did read other books in between, so I wasn't that bad. Um, but honestly, the book was amazing. I loved it. It was, I don't know why it took me so long to read. I think I just take longer with fantasy novels because they're, they don't like capture me as much as um, non-fantasy novels do. But even I could tell that it was super well-written. The only thing was in the beginning, like I've said in the other times, it was very difficult to get into. Like the world building was hard to understand. You start to understand it a little more. I didn't quite fully grasp it by the end but I am also notoriously dumb with that kind of thing so don't take my word for it also um um I haven't read the original trilogy the kiss of deception trilogy but um I was interested I had a feeling that the I don't actually I don't know is that a spoiler I haven't read the original I mean, books the original books or been out for a really long time. I don't know. They have. Typically, They've been out for a fine. while. I don't know. A character from the original books who I know is from the original books because I read the description of it a long time ago um, is a character comes into play in the Kiss of, or in the Dance of Thieves. And um, yeah, so it was interesting. It kind of made me wish I had read the original books first because then I would have a better idea on the world building, but it didn't affect my enjoyment that much. Um, I love the relationship. Kazi and Jace were amazing. They definitely were what kept me interested in the book even though the world was really cool and the writing was really good but the relationship was what really sold me on the story I had a great time with it um and I'm definitely going to read the sequel maybe not right away but I'm going to pick it up at some point soon I'm and glad you liked it. yeah yeah so thanks for oh yeah Shruti recommended <laughs> me so thanks for the recommendation Shruti it was a good time um and oh yeah and all the tropes hit we talked about all those tropes I can confirm they do hit with this couple and I'm excited to see what's next 
Um, and then immediately after I picked up Book Lovers by Emily Henry because I got it the day it came out. I went to my little bookstore, picked up my little pre-order. Um, but I made myself wait until I finished Dance of Thieves because I didn't want to read another book before I finished Dance of Thieves. But I read, I'm like 10 pages in. And so far, it's good. You know, it's it's another great Emily Henry uh hopefully rom-com. I don't really know that. I honestly, I didn't read the description on this one. I kind of, when it's an author I like, I already trust them enough to just kind of go in not knowing anything. So I'm really excited to see where this one goes. And I think I'm going to have a good time reading it just like I do with all of Emily Henry's books. But that's all that I've read. Um, Grace, what have you been reading? Um, I've actually been reading a lot lately. Um, I guess not by Shruti standards, but by my standards, I've been reading a lot. And you'll see why once I start talking. But um, like a lot, a lot, a lot. I also finished my semester uh, a couple weeks ago, so I've had more time to read, which is also why. Let me count. Let me see. One, two, three, four. I can't count. Hang on. One, two, three, four. Seven. Seven books. But... I will explain why it, the number is that high in only a moment. And then you'll be like, oh, okay, well, whatever, Grace, it's not that impressive. Um, so first I read Cheer Up, Love and Pom Poms by Crystal Frazier, which is a graphic novel. And it is a sapphic graphic novel about cheerleading. And it's about these two characters. One of them is uh, already a cheerleader. She's trans um, and she's like just been voted the captain of her cheer team and she's like really loves it and she's like she's obsessed with cheerleading all this stuff and then the other character is a lesbian she is kind of antisocial. she does not want to join the cheerleading team but then her mom makes her um and she and the other character used to be friends and then they kind of had a falling out which i don't think was ever explained actually um but then they start becoming friends again and then it delves into something more and it was really cute. I gave it four stars. I highly recommend it. Um, if you're looking for a good sapphic graphic novel, it was very good. So I read that. I also read The Lost City of Z, A Tale of Deadly Obsession in the Amazon by Gr David Gran. I read this for class, as you might have predicted. It was very boring. Um, it's about this dude who a really long time ago took an expedition to explore the Amazon for the lost city of Z, which is also known as El Dorado, which I didn't figure out until like 80% of the book. Cause that's how little I comprehended what I was reading. Um, a lot of it is just really boring descriptions. Um, there are some good descriptions about like really creepy bugs, which I enjoyed, but yeah, pretty boring. Um, he, he, anyway, the guy went missing um, because the moral of the story is you don't fucking go to the Amazon. I mean, I don't know what to tell you. Not a good idea. <laughs> it's not meant to be explored. Don't go there. You'll die. Uh, so yeah, that's my review of that. I don't even think I gave it a rating. It was just very boring. But you know, you can't, you can't always read good books, I suppose. Then I read four volumes plus a little extra of Heartstopper by Alice Oseman, which is our subject of the episodes so I guess I won't talk about it that much here but of course I loved them um, I owned the first one it's been on my to read list for a really long time so I read that in physical form and then I read the rest online and I think the first four volumes cover like chapters one through six 
and um like chapters like that's how they're divided in the online at least and then she's posting chapter seven right now and i think she's actually updated since i finished but i haven't read that update yet and it's supposed to have eight chapters total i believe so there's just going to be one more physical volume published but i did read those very cute i love the art style um we'll talk about this later too but they're they're dogs um and, and the, the there's the dog in the show but the way she draws the dogs is so cute like it makes me weep they're so cute and they make like she gives them little sound effects and they'll say like borf <laughs> it's so cute it was so cute it was a good it was good i highly recommend it um and then the last book that i finished is love hate and clickbait by liz bowery which came out recently it is a enemies lovers fake dating romance about these two guys who are working in a um campaign for the governor of california they work for her and she's gonna run for president but no one else knows that yet and she makes this like homophobic comment and then the news starts talking about it and these two guys who really don't like each other one of them like pushes the other one against a wall and like gets in his face and like yells at him but someone takes a picture of it and the picture gets posted and from the angle the picture is taken up taken it looks like they're like about to make out so they run with that and they pretend to date so that the governor does not look homophobic um and then of course they end up falling in love we all know how it goes and i really liked this book and it might not be for everyone but i really liked it and i think the reason why it might not be for everyone is the characters are kind of unlikable but that is why i liked it because they work in politics and they're politicians and politicians are not likable or good people. And I'm not gonna sit here and be lied to and pretend like they're, they're good people. <laughs> so I was, I liked that it was like a realistic interpretation of that. Um, I'd love me a good fake dating PR stunt. I honestly like not to get into the issues of the day, but I feel like this book is like the red, white and Royal blue for like, biden's america because i feel like when red white and royal blue came out we were in the trump era and we hated our lives and we got to read this book which i love great book we you know we endorse it and we got to read this book and it was like there's the good guys and the bad guys and you get to root for the good guys and you hate the bad guys and everything is nice and the president is really cool and a woman and feminism and we love democrats and all that stuff and it was nice it was a nice little fantasy but it was a fantasy and now we have <laughs> not Trump as our president um, and things are still shitty. So this book kind of reflects that kind of thinking. And I, I liked it. I liked it. I gave it four stars. It was really good. Um, and then I also am like in the process of reading three other books, but I'm not going to bore everyone with all those conversations. But I will say I am also reading Book Lovers. I started it um, Thursday. I'm a little farther than Sarah. I think I'm like 100 pages in. Um, and since Sarah doesn't know what it's about, I'm not going to talk that much about it. But I will say, I have to say, um, a lot of it is going to take place in Asheville, which is not a spoiler, or not Asheville. It's a small town outside of Asheville, which is in the synopsis of the book. And I love that for me because I've been to Asheville many times. So I'm enjoying it. I actually that. did mention it in the first 10 pages. Yeah, so yeah. You're good. You're good. 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 <laughs> um. Yeah, Emily Henry can do it all, I think. So I'm excited to read more of that as well. Yeah, I'm really excited to get into it. And also, this book came out this month. There's like 
five, six other books that I'm excited for that are coming yeah. out this month. Also, I thought for some reason that I kissed Shara, Shara Wheeler was coming out in June, maybe because one last- It just stop. came out though, didn't it? I know, yeah. I was at the bookstore the other day and I saw it and I was like, oh my gosh, I didn't know this was out too. Yeah, so, it came out the same day as- um Book Lovers. Emily Henry, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I saw it and I was like, oh my gosh, I would have picked this one up too. Um, So I'm excited to read that. There's so many, like, I'm going to have to get back into my, remember like, I know a couple months ago, I said I was in my reading era. I need to get back into my reading <laughs> era so I can read all these books. I know. Rachel yeah. Lynn Solomon's like... uh, The Time oh, yeah. book that she did is coming out this month, too. Oh, oh I didn't know this was I think, yes. I think May, June might be my reading era. So I'm hoping I'm hoping more books. It happens. It happens. We'll see. Manifesting That's... this for all of us. Yeah, for exactly. all of us, for sure. I'm definitely... I'm definitely started my reading era. I just have to keep Same. it. It sounds yeah. like it. You guys are in there. I got to get right there with you. AP exams are done, meaning 90% yep. of my students are going to leave, meaning I can start reading. Nice. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. so welcome to miscellaneous hour, or I don't know, we still miscellaneous segment. Welcome to our miscellaneous segment. Um, first on the docket that we need to talk about before we start talking about the actual topic of the episode is um, the Annabeth and Grover characters were casted for the Percy Jackson TV show and goodness me I don't remember what their names are let me look it up um I mean all of my reaction was was oh my god they're not white thank they're god. not they're not yeah and they're so cute yes the three of them that picture of the three of them together and the one with them and Rick Riordan oh my god my yes I'm so cute I'm so excited yeah, and and Rick Riordan looks so. I've, I pronounce his name differently. I'm so sorry to Rick. No, I don't know how to say it. I don't know Rick, what's the right way. Rick Rick looks really happy in that picture. Which, he does. And I'm happy for him too. Mm-hmm. Um. So the girl who plays Annabeth, her name is Leah Sava Jeffries. Um. And then the guy who plays Grover, his name is Arian. Arian. Arian Simhadri. Uh, and those are who are playing them, and they look very happy. They went to go see Doctor Strange the other day, according to the TikTok <laughs> I saw. All of them went together. Um, yeah, they're cute kids. I also think the guy they picked for Grover looks like like perfect for that role. Oh yeah, like definitely. he embodies him. Like he just, I'm like, yeah, that's Grover. Just that's the look Grover. in his eyes. Yeah, something about him. And I, yeah, they're just. I think they're gonna do such a good job. I'm so excited that they cast of people who aren't white i'm so excited that they look so happy to be there like I'm it's gonna be they fun did a racially diverse cast I think yes it's gonna be really good as someone who has not read anything and knows nothing all i really cared about was that it was racially diverse but also there was this really funny tweet that i saw was like with ev- behind every white man there are two people of color supporting him making sure they yeah. don't die and i was like this sounds about right <laughs> so that, that makes sense that's all that too that's, that's funny. funny so yeah i guess that's i don't know They'll probably cast other people, but that was, like, the important stuff. I'm interested to see who they're going to cast for, like, the gods, because that might be where they get the big names. But because that's where they'll get the big names, they may, not, they may like, save that for a surprise. That's true. Mm-hmm. When we're actually watching the show. Yeah. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. But um, fun times. And then the next thing we, hear, we are here to talk about in this miscellaneous sec- segment is the TV show First Kill, which comes out June 4th on netflix shruti would you like to take it away because you really oh. want to talk about it yes so for those of you who do not know i think the first look came out it's like the posters and stuff so there's no trailer yet but i am excited for that um it's based off of v.e schwab's um short novel i believe or like she wrote like a short story about this 
And it's basically about, it's a sapphic vampire, vampire hunter story. And they're making it a, a TV show on Netflix. And I am so excited. I know nothing else about it other than it is a vampire and vampire huntress and it's sapphic and I am all in. So there's literally nothing else I need. There's nothing else. I was going to say that the vampire, sounds- the vampire hunter, huntress, I believe is also black. So it is also going to be interracial, which is also really nice. So very excited. Sapphic vampires and vampire hunters. You know, what else do we really need to know? That sounds amazing. I yep. heard that Netflix was doing a vampire show. I did not know it was sapphic and based on a V.E. Schwab. What was it? Novella or something? Yeah, it's a, so it's going to be young adult. It is uh, promoted oh as a YA, but yeah, it's a short uh, short story by Victoria Schwab. Yep. That's so fun. Okay, I'm so excited. That's and I believe she's do. also like a writer. On That's what I was going to ask. So she's We should look it. that up. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Oh, that sounds awesome. And if that is true... Um, in addition to what we know about Heartstopper, and we can talk about this when we get to Heartstopper, I think more authors should actually be part of their adaptations. But that's a that yes. is another ten of ones. Yeah, I agree. This is not. This is take. It took me to a. Um, <laughs> I wondered why it had such a low rating. I was like, it's not even out yet. It took me to. There's apparently a movie called First Kill. Oh yeah, there's starring, a movie. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Bruce Willis and Hayden Christensen. <laughs> it's not that's what I not wanted. This. Yes, this is not to be confused with that. Okay. It does say Elizabeth Mitchell is in the in the series. I wonder if she's someone. She's mom. in everything. She really she's, is. I think she's someone's mom busy. because yeah, she's in here for eight episodes. Hmm. Let's see if I know anybody else who's on here. Oh my gosh! Looking at the stills from this show, it looks so good. Yeah, yeah. I know. Even it if it's say- terrible, I'm going to be excited. Yeah, about it, so. I'm going to be entertained no matter what. Yeah, I'm exactly. just excited for that. I don't think it says who the writers or anything are. Hmm. Oh, series writing credit credits. Um, well, I don't know. It says V.E. Schwab based on a book by, so I don't know if she's okay. actually writing it. for it. Uh, Felicia D. Henderson is a writer, and then Jet Wilkinson directs two episodes. Okay, so we don't know. We'll find out. But I thought I heard that, but that could be rumor. So in fairness, I, I agree with the sentiment, and again, we will talk about it, that writers should be involved in their things. But if it's a short story, I mean, how badly can they mess it up, you know? <laughs> this is true. This is true. Because from there, they have a lot of ways to go. But yeah, well, I yeah. just see a picture of her on set with the cast. So at least she, like, visited the set. She knows it exists. Like, supportive, <laughs> That's good. That's supportive good. of it. Unlike, um, did you guys hear that Sally Rooney did not visit the set of Conversations with Friends? I didn't. Oh, no, I don't think she. I don't think it has anything to do with the show. Like I think she had some involvement with. Maybe she wrote. I don't know. I might sound dumb right now, but I think she was involved with normal people. But I she, like the one actress was like, "Yeah, Sally. I've never met her. Sally Rooney never visited the set. Also, I hated the book." <laughs> I mean, to be fair, as someone who has not read the book but heard about what it's about, I'm, I don't blame her. No, yeah. I don't either. I'm like, she's not wrong. Like people are like, oh my God, that's so rude. I'm like, she's right though. Like I like the <laughs> book, but she's right. Yeah. I mean, if, since normal people, I feel like was, again, maybe we're proving another thing to my thesis. I think if she, if Sally Rooney was involved with normal people, normal people was a great adaptation. Yeah. So this makes me worried about conversations with friends. Yeah. I don't, I don't know. I mean, I'm going to watch it. I'll probably enjoy mm-hmm. it, but I don't know. It's been a couple of years since I read the book, so I also don't have much to compare. I just looked it up, and Sally Rooney did write for the show. She's one of the three writers. Of Normal okay. People? Yep. Okay. But not Conversation. Yeah, sorry. She was one of the three writers of Normal People, not Conversations with Friends. Interesting. Um, yeah, yes. Yeah, so should be interesting how the show goes. Mm-hmm. 
Oh, so I just looked it up also. And Victoria B.E. Schwab, Victoria Schwab is a writer on First Kill. Good. Yeah. Good. So it should be good. Good. So in this week's episode, we are going to be talking about Heartstopper. Um, the first season of the show dropped April 22nd, like we mentioned at the beginning of the episode. And we have all watched this season at this point. Um, I think I'm the only one who's read any of the book yeah books. you're gonna be our book expert i'm the expert i read so as i mentioned kind of i read everything that's out so far like in the first half of a couple of weeks ago and then i watched the tv show over like the weekend so yeah we're gonna talk about that now um what did y'all what were y'all's general thoughts on the show i thought it was very wholesome it was just really fun um, I've been on record saying young adult is very hard for me, but I do think TV shows are a little bit easier than books for whatever reason. Um, and I just think that this was just like really fun and wholesome and cute. Um, I enjoyed that it was a found family, which makes so much sense with how many like LGBTQ characters there are. Um, and I loved all of them. They were like my children and I appreciated them. And yeah, I just really liked it. Um, I'm sure we were going to mention, but like, I'm pretty sure the author for Heartstopper is part, is a part of the writing team. Um, and you can definitely see it not only because like, there's little illustrations that I really enjoyed, like throughout the, um, throughout the show and like animations that like, I think like in pivotal moments, which I thought was really cute, but also you can just tell, uh, that there's a lot of care given to the characters and like how complex they are. And there's never like, there is a little bit of drama at points, but it's like always about putting the characters first and like character driven. And I really enjoyed that. Because I think this is the show I wish we had when I was in high school and like middle school. Because I feel like that's what I would want to see. It's just like a happy, young, adult love story. And I think that's what this was. Yeah, yeah I agree. It was very fun, very wholesome. I liked that it um, kind of dove into a lot of like very real struggles that teenagers have, whether it's like you know, coming out or, you know, balancing your friends with a new relationship, something as small as that can have a big impact. So that's something that young adults, you know, always can uh, need to balance. So I'm sure it rings true with a lot of people at age watching that show, which I hope people at age do watch the show because it's a great and fun show. Um, I haven't, like Trudy said, I haven't read any of the graphic novels, but I would like to at some point, especially after watching the show, it seems really fun. Um, but I guess Grace can tell us how close it was to the graphic novel. Um, it was very close. Uh, Alice Oseman, who was the author, she was on the writing team. I think she was even the creator and the executive producer as well. Okay. Wow. That's I awesome. want to say, I, we need to, let me fact check that again. I do remember yes. seeing, I do think that her name, I remember seeing her name, like it's the first name on the credits every single yeah. time. She, so I wouldn't yeah. be surprised if that was true. While Grace is looking it up, she, I read her books. I read Solitaire a very long time ago, like probably 10 years ago at this point, like when I was in high school. And then I also read Radio Silence still kind of long ago, but more recently than that in college. Um, I loved Radio Silence, even it's been so long now, but I just still, I, I still stand by it. It's such a good book. So I think I'll read the graphic novel, The Heartstopper for sure. One of those is about Tori, right? The sister, Charlie's sister solitaire is and then yes. what's the other one is about a character that they rewrote and made isaac instead correct yes his name ah oh, hell i don't remember his name but yes 
that okay. Radio Silence is the, the one guy from him. Radio Silence. Yeah, what's his name? Starts uh, with an A, right? Maybe. Ray, I remember. I'm this is the names. episode of us doing our research. I know. While we, we're while we're <laughs> here, um, she she was the writer, creator, and executive producer for Heartstopper. Wow. Yeah. And I think you can absolutely tell because one, I from what Grace has said and what from what I've heard, it's like fairly close to like the oh, it's novel. like frame for frame. It's actually kind of crazy because I was I like I I watched the show a week or two after it was out, so I'd already seen a lot of people talking about it, and I've seen people say that it was like frame for frame, word for word, and I was like gosh, having a hard time believing that because graphic novels are short. Um, this one is kind of long, but they only add adapted a, a small portion of it and they turned it into eight episodes, I think. And they're yeah. all 30 minutes long, which is still like, that's a lot of material to turn it into something that isn't a lot of material. So I was like, how are they going to do it? But they did it. I mean, obviously they elaborated on some stuff, but like the lions are from the book. It was, it was crazy. It was a really good. And I think graphic novel adaptations in the future should, should adapt should take notes from this because it was, was good. I was wondering about that because I did see people saying it was very close and I could just see in my head as I was watching the show, I was like, oh, I can totally see this as yeah. a comic or graphic novel. Um, also, I looked up and it's Alid from Radio Silence. Yes. Which character is he? He is, so it, the character in the show that just reads all the time, uh-huh. his name's Isaac. Um, oh, okay. She, he She changed, she kind of rewrote him mm-hmm. um, because he's in this other book and she wanted to like I guess if that ever gets adapted she wanted to be able to have that character and like not casting or like contracts or any of that so she just rewrote the character oh cool okay interesting but um yeah I was wondering about the the similarities too because like Shruti was saying there's little like graphics at certain parts in the show that were you know look like from a comic Mm -hmm. and everything so it's cool that it's such a close adaptation Mm mm-hmm um, and I think what else you said about how it elaborated more, I would say, so for like me personally, I've always, I'm always more invested if there is a woman in the couple, um, whether it is a female, female or male, female. Um, so I definitely really gravitate. I really love Tao and Elle and I really love Darcy and Tara. Um, obviously I love Nick and Charlie too. They were adorable. Um, but I like, so from what I've heard, they really elaborated more on Elle, like on the girls, especially because normal, like most of the graphic novel focused on Nick and Charlie, if I'm correct. They did. And um, so the girls go to a girls' school in the show. So obviously there's not as much screen time for them because they only meet up like when they meet up. So if they're not hanging out together, then their story isn't going to be shown. But they did do a good job like showing their story separate from Nick and Charlie's. So that was a way that they elaborated. Same with Tao and Elle as well. I'm glad that they did that too. Yeah, I really like, I think both of those relationships really added to the show as well. I think so too. And I'm glad they did that rather than like add on to like Nick and Charlie's characters. Cause I feel mm-hmm. like they already have enough going yeah. on that it just would have like, probably the only thing they could have done would have been to like add more unnecessary drama, which as we said, we don't like, we don't want that. Yeah, so yeah. yeah, I'm glad they did that too. Yeah. And it was just nice to also see like different, like it's not just one gay couple it's you get mm-hmm. to see lesbians you get to have a trans woman or girl and then you get to have you know our token straight guy and mm-hmm. I just appreciated all of that because you get to see all these different facets and again how they're all friends and um we'll talk about this in spoilers but like my favorite episode is the one where they're like all together and like hanging out so like those mm-hmm. are definitely so I really enjoyed the fact that they like elaborated on these side characters yeah that was nice I agree okay 
So we are going to go into the part of the episode where we get into spoiler territory now. So if you have not watched Heartstopper, um, go watch it. Have fun. Have fun with it. Um, and then come back and listen to the rest of this episode. Um, so spoiler thoughts. I also just want to say this is not a spoiler, but I can't believe I forgot to mention it. The music was really, really good. Oh, Every yes. song was the music was so good. Yeah. Yeah. It was Absolutely. amazing. And it really just added to the vibes and the mood of the mm-hmm. show. Yes. Also the show, I don't know if you guys have watched Sex Education on Netflix. No, but, but I need to me, now. <laughs> you absolutely should. It's much like, obviously it's much raunchier. Like it's like, yeah. it, there's like a lot of sex scenes and stuff. But other than that, like the vibes of the show were very much similar, I guess. Like it's hard to, ex- it, it, none of the characters, not the storyline, not anything else, just like the vibes. I don't know how to explain it. Maybe it's just because it's another British. Maybe it's just because they're British, yeah. British, British not, like a British school. high school. But, but there's like an indie yeah. like light feeling to yes. it, I feel like. Yeah, yes. no, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, I yeah, haven't watched exactly. the education, but I know what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The, what Trudy said. She said it yes. more articulate. That may, yeah. And I think that was like the mood with the songs too, is they're like very yes. indie rock songs. Yeah, like yeah. Fit, yeah, really well. And I enjoyed that. There were a yeah. couple of songs I recognized and I was like, mm-hmm. am I cool now? <laughs> I meant to look up to see if there's a Spotify playlist for all those songs that were there. Is. Okay. There is. Good. It's oh, good. just like called the Heartstopper mixtape or whatever. And it's made oh, by like, nice. Netflix. Okay, I will great. send it to you right now. Please. Oh, do. Thank you. Because I meant to look it up because it slapped. The soundtrack yeah, absolutely, absolutely slapped. It was made by Spotify, actually. Oh, like, cool. With Netflix or whatever. Yeah. So while Grace is doing that, um, who are our favorite characters? I want. I'm curious. So I finished quickly. Um, so Charlie, no. Okay, listen. Here's the problem. <laughs> I read the books really fast, and in my mind, for whatever reason, Nick's name should be Charlie, and Charlie's name should be Nick. And also, oh, no. I didn't realize who I knew who Tara, Tara, and Darcy were. But when I saw them on screen, I was like, oh, that one's Tara and that one's Darcy. I didn't know when I was reading the graphic novel. So sometimes I get the characters' names mixed up. And that doesn't mean I wasn't paying attention. That's mean I don't love the show. So anyway, sorry to Charlie. What I meant to say is Nick is my favorite. Um, however, when I was watching the show, I really, really loved Tao. And I will explain to you in mm-hmm. perfect detail why. Number one, his biggest nightmare is someone forcing him to watch the Avengers, which I thought was very <laughs> relatable. Number two, he is like really afraid of, um, not to be deep, but he like, ha- he struggles with like, he thinks that his friends are like going to get into relationships and they're not going to have time for him anymore. And that is a relatable fear. I feel like, um, actually, I think that's the end of the list, but that was enough for me. I feel like that's he's also got like a good character growth development and he's kind he of like, he's kind of hard to swallow. And I like characters like that apparently. So that was fun. <laughs> Yeah, I he definitely. Tao, yeah. Oh, yeah, I loved him too, and he definitely fits into like your favorite. Like, if I was going to guess I, a favorite I character, I would have guessed him. Um, but I agree, he was a great character on the show. He was a standout. I think my favorite was L, and I, I loved Nick and Charlie. I loved all the characters, honestly, yeah. Darcy and all them. But um, I think I would have to say L's my favorite. I don't know why. I just really enjoyed all her scenes and. Um, her relationship with Tao was, re- was really well written and I liked her friendship with I liked her friendship with Charlie a lot too was, that yeah. was that part was really well written and her friendship wait Darcy and what's the other girl's name Tara 
Darcy and Tara, her friendship with Darcy and Tara was so fun to watch. It was. I liked that as well. Especially that part in the beginning where she's like, oh, how long have you guys been best friends? And they're like, oh, best gal pals. (laughs) I immediately knew that I was like, oh, okay. So they're dating. But she's like, huh? Yeah. Yeah, I kind of knew. I knew that they were going to be dating because of just spoilers and stuff. But I was Mm -hmm. like, oh, that's hilarious. I really enjoy that. Yeah, right. I knew they were dating because I read um, the books, obviously. But I didn't realize that the characters were not going to realize they were dating. And so I thought she was just going to get it. And like, I was surprised that she even asked that they were friends. I was like, what do you mean they're dating? And then I guess <laughs> I, I, it made sense. And then but when I was she like, said what? gal pals, I did, right. I was surprised <laughs> that she like didn't know when they said gal pals. Because in my mind, that's like, oh, yeah, yeah that's yeah. like a common like, yeah. There were a couple jokes throughout where I was like, oh, that's a really common joke. But then I realized, oh, maybe it's not common <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> people. Um, my favorite, I, so I, I think, so I loved Elle and a lot, but I think my favorite <laughs> is Darcy. Um, Interesting. But I, but I also really, really love Nick. And I think like really my favorite is Nick. And I really hope that Darcy gets more like story in the future. And I think then she could um, overtake it, but I really love Nick and I really love his journey throughout the first season of finding out that he was bi. Um, I also really loved shout out to Olivia Coleman for being his mom. Cause I thought yes. that was really great. She was great. They didn't, um, apparently no one knew she was going to be in the show. Like, so they, they did a great job with that. They, yeah. It was a surprise for people watching the day it came out. I did hear she was like only on set for like a day or something. So that, which, which track. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I really love Nick. He is in fact a golden retriever and I love him. He's a mm-hmm. cute little boy. Um, but yeah, but I do, I, I enjoy all of them. But I, like, I really love Darcy just because she was like so ridiculous and like chaotic. And um, the one, so my favorite episode is um, the one that's titled Girls. Um, and I love her because she was like trying to match make talent L and like mm-hmm. doing the triple date stuff. Um, and then she has a line where she like calls out things as like homophobia just because it's like an inconvenience. Yeah, that was very accurate. It felt like it felt very yeah. realistic. I was like, yes, that is what a gay teen would do. So I was like, yeah. good, good for her. Um, she also has another line, I think, where she like was like, thank you for your service for when Imogen's like, oh, I'm an ally. And I was like, awesome. Oh, yeah. this is, so this is Darcy, a lot of great one liners. I think that's why she was mm-hmm. one of my favorites. I also loved Isaac, though. Cause he just sat there and read and I was like, yeah, that's me. I oh, Isaac yeah. was me for sure. Yeah. Oh, hundred percent. I don't know if this is a thing in the books and maybe because I guess Isaac is a new character. So maybe not. Is he supposed to be, he's, he's obviously very romantic. Cause he like always talks about like people, he was talking about like people getting together and he's like very, um, he loves his books, but um, is he supposed to be ace? Do we know? He's arrow ace. Um, okay. uh, Alice said that in a tweet. And I think the character he's based off of a lead is arrow yeah. ace too. Okay. Yes. Which I you think, know if yes. you read Radio, Radio Silence. Silence. Yeah, I was gonna a say a bad person. That. Haven't read that yet. <laughs> you, yo, you totally should. It's really good. Also, speaking of Arrow Ace, um, Alice Oseman also wrote Loveless, which is just got a U.S. Um, edition released. Hmm. Um, which is good. Main character is Arrow Ace. Good, good, good book. All should read it if you if you're looking for something to read after Heartstopper. Add that to your list. So uh, one of my favorite moments is I think in the party episode where uh, so Nick is like looking for Charlie and then he come, uh, stumbles upon Tara and Darcy and they're dancing. And then like when the beat drops, they start making out. And I was like, this is perfect because usually when the beat drops, you get like some random like straight couple making out. No, we get two lesbians making out with like rainbow colors around them. And also I really enjoy because it it's like Nick seeing them being really happy and yeah, like, feeling yeah. happy. And I just really enjoy all of the like solidarity between like Tara and Nick especially like I really loved all of that but like that scene that's really stuck out with me because I loved it like when the beat dropped the rainbow started coming out that was really a great moment for me 
That was one of my favorite scenes too. Another one of my favorite scenes, uh, which we've all been talking about on Twitter, everyone's talking about it. It was great. Is when Nick has like a, a bisexual panic attack watching Pirates <laughs> of the Caribbean oh, yeah. yes. and watching um, Will and Elizabeth, aka Kira Knightley and Orlando Bloom. Yeah, and that yeah, that was really funny. That was good. That was really good. I also really liked him just like Googling am I gay and stuff. So I was like, yeah. this is relatable content. It, it very <laughs> relatable. It gave um, the vibes of Bella Googling vampire. <laughs> it, <laughs> yeah. Like low key. If like, if you have to Google it, then yeah. the answer is probably yes. Yeah. For, <laughs> true for both situations. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I feel like with those scenes, I feel like the, not only, you know, author being involved helped with that but I also feel like and also with like Darcy's comments I feel like a bunch of the writers were probably like queer too because that felt Mm -hmm. like it all felt like it was very accurate and realistic so that makes a difference I feel like I think my favorite scene going back to your previous question um was when they were all it was like a milkshake bar of some sort when they were all there it was just so fun and nice and they were all hanging out um and uh was it Darcy was trying to set up mm-hmm. Tao and L? It was really mm-hmm. fun. And then they all walked over together. It was just such a nice, like, fun time. I felt like I was hanging out with friends. It was yeah. so cute. Yeah. Um, I liked that scene, too. I also liked the last two episodes in general because, like, it was building. It felt like they were doing a good job, like, building up to something, like, to close mm-hmm. out the season. And it was, like, yes. a sports day. And like, mm-hmm. I don't know, tensions were high. I don't even remember why they were high, but it was good. It was, it was <laughs> yeah. good. I was, I was yeah. enjoying the vibes of those last two episodes. Um, one of the things actually I also really liked in the last episode, I didn't realize it. I, only, I think I realized it because I had read this Twitter, uh, this tweet before watching the show was, so there's a moment in the last episode where, so Tao and Charlie are, argue, are like still mad at each other and they haven't forgiven each other yet. But like kind of as his like act of good faith, um, Charlie switches jerseys with Tao so that he like runs the race and so Tao doesn't. And so now he's wearing a blue, light blue uh, jersey instead of a red one. And then there's a moment where um, someone showed us screenshots of like the three different couples and how one of them is wearing red and one of them is wearing blue. And all the ones who are wearing blue are like really comfortable in their sexuality or like comfortable kind of in who they are. But the red ones is the ones that, like still questioning or like maybe not their sexuality, but like, questioning like their place in life and stuff like that. So like, and if you look at them, it's, so it's like Nick and Charlie, Charlie's wearing, now that he switched, he's wearing the blue one. Cause he's more in that moment, he becomes comfortable with himself and he's like, oh, I'm going to do this. I'm like, I'm gay and that's okay. And I, I'm going to be here for Nick and I'm going to support him. And like, he's no longer feeling like he's at fault for everything. And I think that's his, like his moment versus Nick was wearing the red one because he was still like grappling with that. And until like the end of the episode, um, Ellen, Tao and Elle, Elle's wearing the red one because she's trans and she's, she's comfortable with it. And she's like switched schools and she's doing fine with that. And then Tao is wearing the, or she's wearing the blue one. And then he's wearing, uh, Tao is wearing the red one now because they switched because he's still a little bit confused about like where he sits in his like friend group. And like, also I think him and like him and Elle, right? Like, I don't know what they're like, obviously they're kind of still figuring things out. Um, And I feel like also, I don't know if this is implied or not, but I feel like Tao doesn't know that, like, doesn't necessarily like Elle yet or like he doesn't know he has a crush on her, but Elle obviously knows who he, she has yeah, a crush Elle on him. Yeah, Elle definitely knows. I don't yeah. know if Tao mm-hmm. knows. So I feel like that was also part of it. And then even with Tara and Darcy, like Tara was wearing the red one because she's still trying to get comfortable with being out versus Darcy was wearing the blue one because she was a bit more comfortable with it. So I like thought that was a really like, I don't know if that was on purpose or if someone just like noticed it, but I thought that was really cool because of the fact that they had that like purposeful jersey switch in there. And I thought that was a really good moment and like that I made could, me happy. I could see that being purposeful. There is also yeah. the whole like red and blue gaze also thing. True. Yeah. Yeah. That's so interesting. Yeah. 
I had not thought about that at all. That is interesting. I think the only reason I thought about it was because someone had posted it for me and I saw it. But (laughs) whoever that was, I appreciate you for making me think about these things. I feel like we haven't talked that much about Nick and Charlie. So like, what were our favorite scenes with, with them? If we have any. I mean, I like most of their scenes. They were just really cute. Yeah, yeah. I liked in the beginning how, um, shoot, now I'm getting them confused. Which one is the one with the curly hair? Charlie. Nick. Charlie. Charlie. <laughs> Nick's okay, the one who plays I get them confused Nick, too. Nick is the, the sports player. Yes. Nick has blonde hair. Okay. Uh. Nick, yes. Okay. That's what I thought. But Grace confused me a little bit. Okay, so Nick uses Nick uses introducing his dog to Charlie like as an excuse, to, like invite mm-hmm. him over. I don't know if he's like using it as an excuse, but you could tell like, oh, you should come over and like meet my dog, like you know. And then he does come over, and they end up like going out in the rain. It was really fun and cute scene. Yeah, I really liked um, the scene where um, after so they kiss, they have their first kiss, and then like. Charlie's really upset and then like Nick runs away and so Charlie's upset about it but then the next day Nick shows up and is kind of like oh no, no, no like and Charlie's like oh I'm sorry for making you do that whatever and Nick's like no 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 and he just kisses him again I was like, yes this is good contact. that was also word for word frame for frame yeah and I could tell comics. too because there's like one shot where like it's on their feet and you're like you could tell like okay this is like definitely from a comic book where they had that frame so you could tell um yeah. and there was one line where like Nick's like oh I'm having a full-on gay crisis right now I was like oh again, word for like, word yeah that's yep. what I meant too yeah that's so funny and then of that- course later we get the ra- kiss in the rain which I was like this is usually something you get in a finale, but we're getting it in like in the middle of the season, which I also thought was really great. So that, mm-hmm. I think that whole sequence I really enjoyed. That was one of my favorites too. I also really like when it's um, Charlie's birthday and Nick gets him the photo frame mm-hmm. of them and the dog. And he says like, that was like his favorite day. That was good. That yeah. was cute. Yeah. That was so cute. Mm-hmm. And also just the, parts in the beginning when his friends would be like oh you're texting nick again or charlie's friends are like, oh you're texting nick again <laughs> he's the straightest straight guy in the world like stop you're wasting your time with him and you as the viewer obviously know that's not going to be the case so it's kind of funny yeah yeah and i um, like that yeah i was just gonna say i like that nick i mean he took everything charlie said seriously he always took all of his concerns seriously like it I was frustrated with him during parts like when was it they go to the movies with Nick's friends Mm -hmm. or something and I was a little frustrated that Nick like didn't see this coming but also like he's still getting used to everything like he doesn't you know he has a hard time letting go of certain people who have been his friends so I get it but he was also very understanding of just basically anything Charlie said he was like yeah no like you're totally right and everything and Charlie was very understanding of Nick just kind of getting used to the idea of coming out to people and everything and having to call like tell his friends to stop being assholes and stuff like Mm -hmm. that and it took him a while to come around to that but they both just like respected and understand it understood and validated each other I thought they were very validating of each other the whole time which was nice to see Mm mm-hmm and I think also what I really enjoyed about this and like, cause it's a high school romance is that they actually had like common interests and like, they actually like got along and it was really nice to see like two guys who just were friends who got along, who had common interests and like talking to each other and then just happened to also have romantic feelings for each other. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was really cute. Um, and it like made it, so it made, I never like was questioning why do they even like each other? 
And it was never like, yeah. oh, they're the only two gay guys or anything like that. It was, no, they're generally like enjoy spending time with each other. And yeah. that's why they're together. And I thought I really like that too. Yeah. It was built on a real genuine friendship and mm-hmm. like shared interests and stuff like you were saying. Yeah. Which I feel like is why there's not so much drama. I mean, mm-hmm. so later in the comics, there's drama, but not relationship drama. It's like outside stuff comes into play, but that's just life, you know? Yeah. Um, and I think that's more fun anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I wouldn't say it's fun. I'm not well, going like, to fun as in it, like but... a story, as a story person, like that's yeah, more interesting. Yeah, yeah, sure. yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, yeah. okay, okay. So there's four volumes of Heartstopper, am I right? Yes, there's going to be five. She just there's hasn't five. finished writing slash posting the- Okay, and end. how many does the show cover? I don't know, because I, okay. read the, I read the first volume and then the rest I read online. I, That's okay. I, think, I was just curious like how many seasons they could I think it, I read somewhere that she was wanted to do four seasons or oh, three cool. one of the two yeah that oh that sense. would be awesome yeah I think it covers one vo- maybe two two volumes maybe. it would make sense if she wants to do four that it covers two yeah yeah it would also yeah. make sense because that Chris in the Rain does seem like a finale, like an end of volume one kind of thing. So yeah. that makes sense. I just yeah. read it so quickly. That's I don't okay. remember when things happen. Don't, okay. don't stress yourself out. It's all I good. <laughs> I was um, just curious, but either way, I want more seasons. Yes. Yeah. I think there's, I'm not, obviously I'm not going to like spoil it or anything, but there's like a Paris trip, which people talk about. Um, that's all I'll say. There's a Paris trip and that I really want to see on screen a lot um that would probably be season two and there's also so another fun thing about heartstopper is like obviously we've talked about like darcy and tara and l and all that stuff like there's a lot of um all the kids are like lgbt except for town of course um but all the other like minor characters are queer too like there's the this this the rugby coach has mm-hmm. a, like a, a, i can't remember if it's a girlfriend or a wife but she she's she's gay um there's also the teacher he talks to mm-hmm. in season one is gay and that teacher is also in the book and he's one of the chaperones for the Paris trip and another chaperone from a Paris trip is also gay and you kind of find that out towards the end mm. and they start to get together and they are so good they're very minor background relationship but they're really good in the book and I would like to see that on screen very much um but yeah hopefully it gets renewed it's it's gotten like Really good reviews the show has. Um, I think it got a 100% on Rotten Tomatoes. So it okay. should it should feasibly get renewed. I hope so. Yeah. Yeah, Netflix is usually good about giving it like one or two seasons if people are here talking about it. It's the third and the fourth that kind of yeah. rough. Yeah. yeah, we'll see. Yeah. Unless you're Stranger Things and then you get like, what is it, 12 million an episode or something crazy like that? Well, technically, isn't Stranger Things only going to be four seasons and they're just like breaking up the fourth season or like five seasons mm. but they're breaking up the fourth season into two parts or something? The fourth season is the fourth season and then there's one more season after this. Did they so they're doing it yet? Yeah. Oh, they said, filmed it. They said, oh, they filmed oh, it. Oh, no, they back. haven't filmed the fifth season yet, but they said, <laughs> so, you know, it's good Lord. But they said, <laughs> oh you know, God. this is our second to last season and season five is our last one. They said that as. But aren't they breaking up season four into two parts? Yeah, but it's still four. This is still the yeah, fourth season. Right. There's still one more. But to get more money, they're splitting it up into two parts because it's Netflix right. and they're running out of money. That makes it sense. could be that, but I also wonder if they just were not fucking ready yet, but they knew also that the people possible. needed it <laughs> because it's been so long. It's Pop- been so long. Guys, we started this podcast after 
the last season of Stranger Things premiered before we started this podcast. <laughs> That's I was going to say, uh, I don't remember anything that happened. John and I started dating after the last season came out and we've been together <laughs> oh my for gosh. three years. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Wow. It's been a while. It's been but a while. I for this, still uh, eat it yeah. up. I'm still excited. Stranger Things, Stan podcast. Anyway. <laughs> uh-huh. Sure we sure. are. Yeah. Uh-huh. It's really just Grace. We support Grace. Yeah, we support Grace. Endeavors, yeah. Um, but yeah, Heartstopper. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, I just I just really liked it. I, yeah, I don't know what else to say. I just really liked it. I do think my favorite episode was the band girls episode where they're like all together and all that. Um, and the milkshake thing, like Sarah mentioned. Um, oh, I guess we didn't really talk about it, but like Ben and Harry, you know, no one cares they're the worst yeah. yeah exactly yeah i will say the actor who plays ben is really funny because he's like stand me but don't stand ben because we yeah hate he's funny <laughs> on like twitter yeah all the actors i've seen on twitter i just see like little tweets from them that people like that show up mm-hmm. in my timeline and they all seem really cool all the ones i've yeah. seen so yeah. i support them yeah a good show a good ad- adaptation um read the books if you have not yet they are there are physical copies, but you can also read them all on Webtoon and it will take you very quickly. It took me very quickly. So, yeah. I'll I feel like most webcomics are pretty quick to read. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah I'll def- I think yeah. I'll definitely read them. Maybe this summer when I need something like fun and light. Yeah, they're very like serotonin fueled. Like I was reading mm. them at work and I was like, I was just <laughs> sitting there like smiling to myself. I was like, this is so cute. <laughs> we love that. So that brings us to the end of our episode. Um, if you have any thoughts about Heartstopper or anything else that we discussed in this episode, you can shout at us about it on Twitter. And our Twitter is at the bookos. Or Instagram, which is at bookhostpod. You can also send us an email at bookhostpod at gmail.com. But you should also leave a rating and write a review. And you can do that both on Apple or on Spotify. So that way more people can listen to our podcast. And don't forget that our group read this month is Horror Hotel by Victoria Fulton and Faith McLaren. And we are going to be talking about that in our episode that will come out on May 23rd. May 23rd. May 23rd. So send in your thoughts on that book to our Twitter, to our Instagram, or to our email. And perhaps we will read your thoughts or your review on the podcast. Thank you all so much for listening. We hope you have a great rest of your day. Bye. Bye.